0: the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Peter does something very interesting when he's asked about whether he knows Jesus or not. Jesus is arrested. Now everyone is vulnerable, all of his followers and especially his apostles. So if you guys remember the agony narrative, the narrative of Jesus being arrested and during that time, Peter is faced with a big dilemma. Whether... He admits, you know what, it was me. I was a follower of Jesus, I was one of the ones I was with him, which probably had the result of, okay, you're probably going to get persecuted as well, just as Jesus did. Which is obviously the right way to go, right? The sort of uh, peak of that story would have been for Peter to give a testament of his time with Jesus. But if you remember, what does Peter do? He swears that he doesn't know Jesus. And the Gospel continues to repeat it. Then Peter sweared, then he sweared again. Then he sweared again to say, I do not know this man. He continued to lie. But a lot of that lie, a lot of, I think, what was building up within him that was causing damage to his soul was swearing, was swearing to God. Now, why am I mentioning this? It's because this is a big problem, swearing to God. Saying you swear, saying I swear on this or I swear on that or, you know, invoking all of these uh, religious people just maybe in conversation, maybe when we're joking, so on and so forth. But this is a big problem, especially in a community like ours. Swearing becomes like second nature. Some people have told me, look, I don't even realize when I swear, I swear so much. One of the reasons could be insecurity maybe. Maybe we're that insecure to think that people won't believe us unless I swear to God or unless I say this, uh, swear in front of this, this person. Maybe it is insecurity. Or maybe it's because we have problems with Trusting people that we think people can't trust us either So we feel like we need to go above and beyond to prove whatever we want to tell that person Now what happens when we normalize this with people around us? Go figure it can roll over to something much more damaging, which is Not believing People that actually do tell the truth unless they swear that's what happens by nature. You're so used to people swearing and doing all these things. Sometimes it's like, okay, is this, really, is this person really telling me the truth? Should I just take it at face value? What, how should I go about this? Then after that, it gets much darker. Then we stop believing people whom we should believe. Like, for example, Jesus. Why do I say this? It's because this gospel today opens up with Jesus saying to his disciples, the closest people to him, Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Why is Jesus giving this command? Believe in God. Believe in me. There's something he saw that uh, was sort of abnormal. There's something he saw that wasn't resonating for Christ, which caused him to give this command. Believe in me. Believe the things that I'm telling you. Believe the things that I'm telling you as I'm in unity with the Father. And this is really important because what's at stake? The thing that comes right before it, let your hearts not be troubled. When our hearts are troubled, when we're anxious, when we're down, when we're worried, when we're nervous, when we're going through all of these uh, disordered emotions sometimes. The reason why is because we don't know who to trust anymore. Sometimes we don't even trust ourselves. And sometimes we don't trust Christ. Go figure that we're always going to be worried. We're always going to be nervous. We're always going to be anxious. We're always going to be thinking about the future and being, uh, you know, really worried about every single thing in our lives. Of course, that's going to happen when we don't trust anyone around us. Now, Jesus also earlier on qualifies this by saying, Be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Jesus doesn't want us to go around the world and become gullible to, you know, every person. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is, take Christ for what he's telling us. Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Now, to believe in Christ, to believe what he's telling us, because it could just sound like nice things that he's telling us, right? When we read scripture, when we uh, understand Christ more, it could be just nice things and then they go away and then what? But Christ is much, ge- much deeper than this. And I think even if we're not trusting people around us, even when it's hard to trust uh, maybe sometimes our loved ones, give Jesus a chance. And I think that's what Jesus is calling us to do today. Give him a chance to trust him, to trust what he wants for us in our lives. Now, then Jesus, after Thomas asks him, where are we going? How do we know the way? Okay, you're telling us to trust you. You're telling us to believe in you. Okay, but and then what? How, how do we go about it? How do you apply this? Trust and believe in Christ and believe in Christ. Then he says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to, to the Father but by me. He is a way, He is a truth, and He is a life. He is everything He says He is. And that is someone to believe. But belief also needs to be qualified with action. I can tell someone that I love them for years and decades. Okay, telling someone you love them is one thing, but actually showing them that you love them is something different, right? Anyone can tell you, I love you. Okay, so what? And then what? But when you see it through someone's actions, no, that's love. That's true, authentic love. When we say we believe in Christ, we trust Christ. Okay, good. That's a start. But that needs to be completed by showing how do we believe in Him? Do we show Christ in our lives that He is the way and the truth and the life? The way we know this is How do we apply Jesus being the way in our lives? What is the way? What what journey are we on today? What do we do in our daily lives? What is our end goal? And if Jesus is not part of the answer, then there's something that needs to change. And when Jesus tells us He is the life, okay, put that to the test. How is He the life? What What are our lives ordered around? What is the focal point of our lives? The answer to that question shows us, do we really, are we applying these words of Christ in our lives? Is He truly the, the, light, the light of our lives? Is He the center of our lives? Or is it something else? Is it something else that's distracting us? Are they secular things? Are they temporal things? Are they things that are only desirable to our flesh, to our passions? Or is it something much deeper like Christ? So brothers and sisters, like I said, no matter how many people we believe in our lives, how many people we trust in our lives, how many people we don't trust in our lives, I should say, none of this should apply to Jesus. And maybe we're so used to not believing people, maybe not believing in ourselves. Let Jesus be the one who is the way, who is the truth, and who is the life. This will cause us to have more of an optimistic way of looking at our lives, looking at people around us, and not thinking that we always have to go above and beyond for people to believe us or for us to um, be walking in this journey of life by ourselves. Anna.